welcome back to another episode of The Many Entrepreneur. My name is Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And in this episode, I spoke with Schwab Ahmed, the personal branding expert, working with individuals to build their voice on LinkedIn, grow followers, and ultimately generate opportunities from a stronger personal brand. We covered, firstly, the results and opportunities he himself has benefited from growing his own personal brand. With almost 13,000 followers on LinkedIn, that's one three, the inbound opportunities that Schwab receives are incredible and he shares what they are very, very honestly. What's really astounding to me is the level of opportunities that he has received with only having, you know, realistically 13,000 followers on LinkedIn isn't, isn't tremendous, it's not huge, but the opportunities that he's got have been incredible. And so it kind of reinforces the fact that you can do very, very well and get some amazing opportunities um, by having, say, 13,000 followers and, and even even less so, right? Because the opportunities that he said, like, they're a lot. So, yeah, I, I highly recommend listening to that bit because it's an incredible, you know, snippet that he shares. And secondly, how to actually start strategically growing your personal brand, the planning process and all of that stuff. And lastly, more practically, how do you do it day to day? And the key characteristics you must hold in order to grow. If you enjoy this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts because it helps out the podcast so much. And as a thank you, I'll give a shout out in the very next episode. This is already kind of a long episode, so let's jump straight in. Hey, Shwab, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very, very good, thanks. It's so exciting to have you on the podcast. I've been following you on LinkedIn for, I think, like a few months now. I saw a post that you did a while ago. It's what really caught my attention because you were being really honest and open on LinkedIn and you don't really get much of that on LinkedIn. And that's why I thought I should really connect with you, find out a bit more about you. And then after like some months of following you, you post a lot about LinkedIn, personal branding, all that type of stuff. And I was kind of searching through the archives. I I don't know many episodes that we've done that's focused just on personal branding. So I was like, I have to get this guy on because it is a very valuable thing, personal branding. So yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, personal branding is huge. So I'm um, excited to just get into it and uh, share with, with, with your listeners all the reasons they should be invested in a personal brand. Yeah, especially for young people, right? Like young people, the personal brand, because, you know, CV isn't as valuable, I would argue now. So like personal branding is what's taking its place, I would say. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like my career trajectory has since graduating uni has been led by my personal brand. I haven't like submitted CVs and I don't, I actually don't think I'll ever submit a CV again. I don't think I'll need to because I've invested in a personal brand. Before we jump in, mm-hmm. um, I would love to talk about, I guess, your journey getting into this. Like it's, it's yeah, it, it's a fairly niche thing, I suppose, like advising on personal branding. So like, how did you get into this in the first place? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. So I did a placement year in between second and third year of uni. Um, so I worked for a marketing and media agency in London and that was like you know amazing I thought marketing was kind of the thing I wanted to go into obviously marketing and personal branding there's some kind of similarities there and crossover um but whilst I was at this at this agency um obviously COVID hit and I was put on furlough for a while and whilst I was on furlough I was like okay what, what can I do to elevate my career I graduate in a year and a half um I've got some marketing experience but you know, where's the place for me to be present and show up and take up space and amplify my voice and my skills and, you know, my experience. And naturally, I kind of went down the LinkedIn route, started posting on LinkedIn, just creating content on there. 
didn't really know what I was doing to be completely honest with you I was just just posting and seeing what would happen like there was no rule book at the time nobody I knew was really on LinkedIn or like actively creating content on it um so I kind of just made my own rules and just gave it a bit of a shot to be honest and then I went back to uni for third year and whilst I was at uni in third year somebody reached out to me um who runs a personal branding agency and basically just offered me a job there and then part-time as their like first full-time employee to help support them create content for clients so that was like the first you know the first real insight I had into the actual personal branding world. So how long did that whole process take of, I guess, consciously wanting to build your voice within mm-hmm. within that space before actually being offered a job? It was probably around eight months. But like, again, at the time, I didn't know it was a personal brand. I didn't even know that term, that personal brand. And I, I, I never consciously was building a personal brand. I was just posting on LinkedIn. Um, and then obviously, I, I got that offer. I worked part time with this guy. Um, and helped him kind of build his business a little bit as well and his client pool. And then that converted into a full-time job in August when I actually left university. So that was 2021. Um, that was just last year. And worked at this agency for three or four months and absolutely, you know, fell in love with personal branding and saw the potential in it. And I think the potential I saw in it was just massive. Um, and then for, you know, just for a number of reasons, I... But actually, like, this potential here for me to do something more. I felt I wasn't, like, fully using my potential in that role. Um, and as I saw on LinkedIn, a lot of young people were just taking shots and, and taking risks. And I thought, okay, why not? I'm going to do the same. Like, what have I got to lose? I'm 20, 22 at the time, and I don't have any responsibilities. I've saved some money from my placement year. Let's just give this a shot and see what happens. And so I officially quit. Well, I officially left that job December the 31st and January the 1st of 2022, I was a freelancer. And then I've been doing it myself since then. That is absolutely incredible, Shwell. Wow, that's that's so cool. I would love to talk to you about, so before we jump into how to actually build a personal brand, you alluded to, obviously you built your voice. You didn't know what a personal brand was at that time, yeah. but you built your voice on, on LinkedIn. You talked about, have like getting that job i i'm assuming you didn't submit a cv for that job no no i didn't it was purely it was actually a message on linkedin um and, and that was it i mean whilst i was on that on furlough and i first started posting on linkedin obviously at that time not a lot of people were doing it or at least not a lot of people in my network were doing it so i actually created like a little mini pdf document that was helping other people um like join linkedin and basically like a how-to guide um how to use linkedin and looking back it was absolutely shit like (laughs) the advice i was given wasn't great but that's because i'd been doing it for two months and i was like you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna do something with it um and based on that guide i asked a few different people to feature in the guide people who had you know a lot more experience than me because i think that's something that's massively important and how i've pivoted my career like get help from people who are where you want to be um, so that's exactly what I did. And um, the, the person who eventually kind of offered me a job, I actually asked him to feature in the guide eight months previously. Um, and then obviously he saw the success of the guide and it was downloaded quite a lot. Um, and then, yeah, it turned into a full-time job offer. And then from the full-time job offer, it turned into me being freelance, setting up my own business, having my own clients, and then being here today. That's incredible, man. Well done. But so so what I, what I really wanted to get from that was... 
So you built your personal brand just in terms of before we jump into this question, just give people an idea of, I guess, some numbers that you're sitting on now, just just so they understand the progress. Okay, so so right now I have around twelve and a half thousand LinkedIn followers, um, which you know is a, a decent audience. It's not massive by any means. You know, there's other people on LinkedIn soaring much much higher than that. Um, but I think what I've really realised is the value of engagement and the, the quality of your audience and your community. I was only able ever to, um, to start my business because of my community. So it's like being a snowball effect where I built my personal brand, I made connections on LinkedIn. Those connections turned into my first ever clients. Those clients then referred me other people. And then when I needed to, you know, when I started hiring people, I found those people through LinkedIn. And I've currently just hired an, uh, an intern and a copywriter. So they, again, I found through LinkedIn. And so that 12,500, you know, in, in that is so, so much value. And then, I mean, that's just my following itself. In terms of my engagement on my content, I've probably had around kind of 10, around 10 million views in, in the last eight months, um, fully organic. But for my clients, we're talking like over 30 million views, over 150,000 extra followers um, between them all organic stuff, um, which you don't really see on other platforms anymore. TikTok's the only other platform that has that organic potential. And LinkedIn's the other one, but I just don't think people are utilizing it enough. Um, and also, especially for careers, it's the, the, the go-to place where all business-minded people are. Um, so it's definitely, definitely a, there's huge potential on this platform. I, I don't think it's going to last forever as well. I don't think it'll last forever. So, I'm, you know, take advantage of it whilst you can. That is a bit a great piece of advice, to be honest, because so I just want to like sum that up a bit more before I ask this mm. question, because so you say you have around 12,000 followers on LinkedIn, which, yeah, as you said, it's not massive, but the value that you're getting from that 12,000 is huge, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll jump into the sort of benefits, uh, like the opportunities that have arisen from that. But then mm. you also have got 10,000, sorry, 10 million views within the last year was it like just from your from the 12,000 followers yes so so what happens on LinkedIn how how the platform the algorithm essentially works is if people in your network like your content that your content gets shown to their following so it's like this extrapolative effect so I might have 12,000 followers they might see my content if they like and engage with that content it's shown on the news feeds of their audiences so suddenly you've got you, you know, you might have a 5,000 initial pool and then they all kind of engage in some way, even if 100 people engage with it, the reach of that is going to increase tenfold. And it's just the potential with it is massive. So with that 12,000 followers that you have, you got to that level of engagement. Tell us like, just give a few examples just so like young people kind of kind of like understand like the, the value of this because it's been shouted about so many times, like yeah. building a personal brand is amazing. But it's like, what can you actually get from doing that? So what have been the, I guess, apart from getting that job that you alluded to, Mm -hmm. what have been the sort of opportunities that have arisen, the results that you've seen from building your personal brand? Good question. Um, I'm trying to think where to start, to be honest. (laughs) Um, I mean, since January, I'd say, since I set up as a freelancer, I've probably had about 12 job offers, um, all you know, like really good job offers. Just, I'm just trying to put myself in the mindset of when I graduated university last year and I was looking for jobs, you know, around like the 25K mark, really reputable companies and grad schemes. Now I'm getting job offers, headhunted, literally 
being handed a job without having to interview or even submit a CV at like 70k a year um tr- like offices in New York um I had one job that offered me like accommodation in New York a company car and all the roles we're talking about like head of brand director of marketing you know head of social for some really really cool innovative startups and if I said that I'd, I'd be offered those jobs last year you know at, at this time last year I'd be like what that's mental like, that's mental because I, I, I keep reminding myself where I was and now seeing where the, the kind of opportunities coming my way is just insane but apart from like job offers as well obviously I've been able to set up my own business from scratch I've been able to start as a freelancer and then scale a business to now 19 clients about to sign on on another two but I also have a waiting list of 12 who are just kind of waiting for me to increase my team so they can come on board and I haven't sent a single cold email I haven't even dm'd anybody for for work like it's fully inbound it's I, I post content on LinkedIn. Sometimes I post my results. People see that and they DM me like, I'd love to work with you. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm fully booked. There's a waiting list. I'll put you on it. But like, it's just it's just mental like that that can happen just from creating content on LinkedIn. Other stuff is like PR opportunities. So I've podcast example, like this is a perfect example. Um, uh, I had an, I did another podcast yesterday. I've got a message this morning for another one next week. Um, and just like guest speaking conferences, um, I was invited back to my university to deliver a session to students there on, on how they can build their brand. Um, and then, you know, in January, I was on a panel event um, with uh, um, moderating a, a discussion with the head of marketing for, at LinkedIn for Europe, Africa and Asia. And, you know, like huge companies won the panel, these CEOs, and then there was just me, like, well of me freelancing um and to, to, to just be brushing shoulders with those kinds of people again the other advantage is all my clients are ceos and directors of companies so i the, the, just the wealth of knowledge i have access to is insane we're talking people who have scaled a business from nothing into seven figure agencies who have scaled teams from nothing to like 50 in in, in a year um and just having access and being on a call with them and having them on whatsapp send voice notes to and ask questions and them just like constantly be feeding me this this knowledge and wisdom like you just don't get that you don't get that anywhere else that's incredible man and just to like highlight for people listening that is those sort of results that you talk about which have all been within the last year you said have been like they're all incredible things only from like 12,000, 13,000 followers on LinkedIn. Like in the grand scheme of things, that's not that many, but the results you're getting is is phenomenal. That's incredible. Yeah, I think it just, it really shows like the power of your community. I think a lot of people when they first start out on any social platform, they're, they're like chasing the numbers and they're doing anything they can to increase the numbers. Whereas actually, I think there's a huge benefit. And obviously you need the numbers to, to have that reach and visibility, but there's also a point where you have to stop and think, what is the brand that I'm creating and how am I coming across and, and what kind of content am I creating? How, how am I being seen? Am I inserting myself in the right communities to get noticed by the right people? Um, so it's, it's, it's quite strategy driven as well, especially the work that I do with my clients. Um, some of them, you know, have um, 30,000 followers um, and some of them have 5,000 followers and they're getting the same results as getting inbound leads they're getting invites to podcasts they're getting recognized in the street as well quite a few of them message me like they're like yeah i was on the tube this morning and somebody approached me saying are you the guy from linkedin um so yeah it's mental and that's people with like 
just a few thousand followers even. Um, but it's because you make the impact. I think that's the key word here. There can be a hundred people in, in your newsfeed, but you, you've got to be the one who makes the impact and the one who someone's going to remember when they log out of LinkedIn. I think that's that's like the real mark of success with a personal brand. It was amazing talking to Schwab about, you know, the results that he's got from growing a personal brand because so many times, you know, people say growing a personal brand is amazing. This is how you should do it step by step. However, often what's kind of, I guess, left out is why should you do it? Like, what's the actual practical benefits of growing a personal brand? And that's why I wanted to cover it here. The next stage is actually practically how do you do that day to day? Now, before we jump into the second half of the episode, I want to give a quick shout out to the podcast sponsor, Zencaster. I do a lot of startup mentorship with students and stuff like that. And whenever it's a B2C brand, they always look at different ways to kind of advertise their products. They look at, say, social media advertising and stuff like that. Whereas podcasting advertising is very, you know, it's, it's, it's often overlooked. Firstly, podcasting advertising is way more effective than display advertising, with 60% of listeners remembering the brands and 63% making a purchase after hearing them. Now, Google and Facebook have made it incredibly easy to advertise on their platforms, but podcasting is very, very difficult to you know, try to sponsor and like try to get into when it comes to advertising because there's no one platform that you can kind of like go to and, and advertise across different creators that actually match to your brand, right? Zencaster is changing that. So as a brand, Zencaster matches you with the best podcast so your product gets to the right audience and you can maximize your advertising campaign budget. Now, I'm not asking you to pour all your marketing budget into podcasting. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's worth trying because it's a, a really you know fast-growing industry and very, like loads of people have podcasts now. There's a lot of listenership as well. That's definitely grown within the pandemic and in, in the last like two years. So just try it out. And if you do want to try it out, I think Zencast is the best platform to do it because, it, you know, they handhold you perfectly and they match it to podcasts that, you know, you can actually trust. So if you do want to dip your toe in the water of podcast advertising, then do go into the description um, and click the link zen.ai slash the millennial entrepreneur to fill out the form and Zencaster can help you bring your brand to life in the form of podcast advertising. Thanks so much. Let's get on the show. Okay, so... Um Top level strategy, um, I I came up with a little bit of a model with um, another creator on, on the platform, actually, Ellie Middleton. I've got to give her a shout out because we came up with this together. Um, and it's called the MAP model. Um, M-A-P, the M stands for mission, the A stands for authenticity, and the P stands for pillars. And we created this this model because we other people asking us this exact question like where do I start what do I do so we try to simplify it in a very easy way where anybody could just use this model and insert themselves into it to build their personal brand so the end obviously is mission it's like what do you want to achieve what's your objective like long term for some of my clients stuff like that is we want to increase leads we want to generate uh, revenue for the business we want to expand our team for other for other um, clients, it's we actually want to attract fresh talent. We want to show how great we are as employers and show off our business culture. For other people, like an intern, for example, it could be to get a graduate job or to um, increase their visibility to employers. There's so many kind of different reasons why somebody would build a personal brand. And I think the first step is really defining what you want to do because then everything that you do after that has to kind of mirror and reflect that if you want to be successful in it 
The A in map stands for authenticity, and that's kind of the values you want to be associated with. So for me personally, I want to be seen as someone who's like really honest, um, credible at what he does, um, but also like super supportive and not just using LinkedIn for my own good, but bringing other people along with me for the journey. And if, if I can and wherever I can, give other people a leg up and you know pull up a seat at the table and, and allow somebody else to to build their business somebody who was in a position that i was in six months ago um so i want to be seen you know in all those different ways and then p in maps stands for pillars so that is what are the four or five key themes or topics that you're going to create content around and that's obviously like your practical day-to-day stuff right what are you going to talk about on linkedin so for me again that's personal branding and another one's employability. I have a lot of students and graduates who follow me, so I kind of tap into that a little bit. Um, another one is community building and marketing. They're things I'm really passionate about. And then also another thing is diversity and inclusion. So I speak on those quite a lot on wherever I can. Um, so you've got to pick kind of your pillars and the things that you're passionate about, things that you have something to say on and stuff that you can create content around. And then, you know, once you have your map kind of carved out, then it's a case of, okay, now I need to think how I'm going to create content and deliver it to my audience. That's that. That seems like a very good way of doing that. So on that last step, yeah. When you say like, how do you deliver it to my audience? Mm-hmm. That seems like so. That's the execution part. Yeah. How do how do you do that? Because execution is completely different to strategy, right? Like that, that that's yeah. the day to day. That's that's in my opinion probably the most challenging bit. But like, yeah. So how do you do that? Completely. So um, obviously I focus specifically in a LinkedIn context just because the algorithm yeah, of course, is of course. built in a great way for that. Um, but it's, it's about creating content consistently. I say minimum you should be posting three times a week. If you want to build that momentum and also be memorable in somebody's newsfeed, you need to kind of be present and be visible and show up and take up space and also be unapologetic about doing so. Um, and then it's about actually saying things that are relevant to your community and the people you want to attract into that community. LinkedIn, you know, there's a lot of kind of hot topics and trends that we see, right? Entrepreneurship, um, remote working, what it means to be professional, culture, agency growth, leadership, all these kind of like sexy themes that we see everybody talk about. I call them like universal themes, right? So when I'm creating content for myself or for my clients, we need to be talking about these universal themes. And so for a lot of my clients, culture, entrepreneurship, leadership, these are their content pillars. These are the things they comment upon. Um, so you, you take these kind of big themes that everybody can relate to, whether you're an intern or whether you're a CEO of a you know, a seven-figure company, you, you, you can relate to culture or you can relate to leadership, right? If you're not excluding or alienating anybody. And then what you do, you insert yourself into that topic. So you bring your own personal take in it so you either tell a story where you know you can talk about a great leader you once had and why they were so great or um, I had one client who was speaking about you know what it means to be professional and professional dress sense and he spoke about how he um, wore shorts into the office one day and like a few years ago and he got sent home and it was in the middle of a heat wave and he was sat at his desk all day but he got sent home because it was unprofessional so he was kind of put a photo of him in his shorts and t-shirt now with uh, his own business that's going to hit uh, seven figures has just scaled a team of about 15. And it's like, look at me now. Like, I'm, you know, like, what is professional and who decides that? And why is it so rigid and restrictive? And so many people got behind that because it was a universal theme that everybody could relate to. 
but he'd injected his personal story into it. And that's how, that, in, in my opinion, which is quite different to a lot of other agencies, but in my opinion, that's how you really make noise and build a brand and scale that brand as well. I want to ask you, a, 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 like, I guess, a question that a lot of people might be thinking, because when that, that sort of example that you brought up, because the thing is, personal branding, it works both ways. Like, it works in terms of it could elevate yourself, and it could also be a negative. Like, you could be associated for things that, like it's the same with any sort of marketing or like, yeah, PR or whatever. Like you could be, it, it could be negative as well. And whenever like, so you talk about authenticity, what if say your opinion on certain matters can be fairly dividing, like what you said about the, like wearing shorts into your office, like issues like that, where some people have a certain view, some people have other views. What do you say to people that want to grow their personal brand, but they don't they're kind of scared of losing opportunities in the future because of voicing their opinion on certain issues? Good question. I think ultimately it's about the, the tribe you want to attract, right? So for me, I want to be the kind of go-to person in personal branding. So if I see example of bad personal branding and other freelancers, businesses, personal branding agencies showing bad practice, I will call it out, um, which you know could be quite disruptive. Other people, they, they have very strong thoughts on like leadership and they, they have an opinion on what makes a good leader. And if they see something bad, they're going to call it out. And I think it's, a, you know, you've got to have a level of confidence when you go into this. Um, but also be, be wary that confidence grows as you build and put content out there. And as you learn what works and what doesn't work, your confidence grows. Um, but ultimately, you've just got to remember the opportunities out there. And so... I mean, most of my clients have had a, a all of them have had a, a comment on their content that disagrees with what, what they're saying or offers an alternative opinion or um, sometimes it's just like blatantly rude, right? But for every one of those you have, you have 100 people who are like, this is such an important message. I'm so glad you're sharing it, especially on LinkedIn, which is like a professional platform. As long as you're not too divisive, you know, um, you've got to massage that a little bit because you still want to attract the right audiences who also want to stay authentic to who you are. That's a really good answer. So I guess it's more of a case of trying to feel your way into, I guess, what I guess what would be the most popular thing to voice and like voice it to the majority rather than the minorities. Absolutely. But then also like recently one of, in fact, it's my highest ever, well, most viral post that I've ever done for a client. Um, and we sat down and we spoke about their story. I'm not going to name them. I don't want to out them just, just now. But um, we did a person who had, in a week, about 75,000 reactions, about 6 million reach of just one post, fully organic. And it was a really kind of strong take on what it means to be a good leader and what how, how you maintain and protect good culture in a business. And some people were absolutely loving it, like, I think the post today has had 1,200 shares and about 5,000 comments. And it's been like two weeks. Um, and if you if you go through that, those comments, I would say this is a 50-50 split. 50% of people are completely like disagreeing with the sentiment of the post. And 50% are like so passionately defending it. And like, this is exactly what I believe, right? And so you're going to have complete division there. But I think... Looking back at it, and I was sat down with my client and we discussed this. Actually, that post was super, super important because it showed that my client's not sitting on the fence, right? As soon as you sit on the fence, you get lost in, in, in the news feeds. 
because everybody else can say that thing on leadership or everybody else can say you know the same comment on entrepreneurship or agency growth but as soon as you say something that you really believe in and say it strongly people remember that and when people remember you they will get behind you and the stronger your your kind of opinions are um, and the more you say them with conviction then I think the more people get behind it off the back of that post that client got 6,000 followers off one post even so, though it was like 50 50 split it was fairly divisive I would say yeah yeah 100% yeah um six six thousand followers in from from one post because although you had so many people that disagreed there were so many people who were so like passionate about it that they went and took the time to follow him connect with him and engage with his other, other content and any anyone who has a brand has people who love them and some people who might disagree at some point um like there's nobody who's 100 percent eternally loved by everybody that's just the world we live in. Everyone has an opinion now. Everyone can voice their opinion on social media. But I think it's about sticking to those, sticking to what you believe in and kind of what you stand for and showing up and taking up space and apologetically. That's the way to do it. I think that's a wonderful way to end the podcast, actually, because you talked about a lot of the key way of growing your personal branding and you talk about the values that you should bring when it comes to growing your personal brand. And the results that you've got with 12,000, 13,000 followers on LinkedIn have been astounding. And it's a real testament to both yourself and the strategy that you're putting out there because the, the results can be seen fairly quickly if you follow this sort of formula because you know LinkedIn has that organic reach that other platforms mm-hmm. do not. I mean, I've felt that as well and a much smaller scale to you, but yeah, yeah, it, the organic reach is crazy. Shrab, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been such an honor talking to you. How can people stay in touch with you and what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. Um, so follow me on LinkedIn, um, Shwe um, And yeah, I have a website, www.shwebarmer.co.uk, um, that has some of my services on there. But ultimately, I'm kind of most active, most vocal on linkedin fantastic i mean yeah that's that's no surprise there to be honest (laughs) thank you so much for coming on the podcast again my friend we'll chat very soon thank you so much for having me see you later Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. If you did enjoy, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. As a thank you, I'll give you a shout-out in the very next episode. We are approaching episode number 100. Very exciting. I've already organized a very special episode for episode one number 100. So if you are new to the podcast, please do subscribe so you don't miss that extremely special episode. It's with a guest that I absolutely love speak- speaking to. I've spoken to him many times before, not on a podcast, not on this one. So yeah, you do really want to hear his story. It's a guy that I've had to to spend months trying to sort of get him on the podcast so yeah you will love this episode it's whenever i talk to him i feel inspired and massively humbled and and all that type of stuff which is the exact sort of you know experience you want as a host and the exact experience you want to get as a listener so please do subscribe so you don't miss the episode thanks so much for listening again to the millennial entrepreneur and i catch you in the next one thanks so much